This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
and good evening and you're listening to um, Notes from the Underground and my name is Quentin Finlay and it is of course the third Monday in Song of the Month so that's why we're actually on and I want to wish everyone a happy Labour Day and I thought that um, basically we'd talk a bit about Labour Day in Song tonight because really I think that um, a lot of people may actually think that Labour Day is just really another cool day to actually have a holiday and so on and and take it off but without actually recognising of course you know sort of some of the history and so on behind Labour Day um, of course it's celebrated here and it's celebrated in a number of other countries and so on around the world too the United States and the UK and so on like that particularly in the United States and so on whereas and I want to dispel something first of all Labour Day has nothing to do with the Labour Party nothing at all <laughs> and, um, basically well uh, only in the sense that there there are unions involved and unions actually made up the Labour Party but aside from that uh, nothing very little to actually well nothing to do with them so what is Labour Day about here in New Zealand well Labour Day here in New Zealand is basically the result in song of the activities of one man, a person that people might actually know, or some people you might have actually known, called Samuel Parnell. And what Parnell basically did, or Samuel, um, was that he campaigned for an eight-hour day when he was arrived here, and he was actually asked to. Um, build I think it was a um, building and so on like that and in the UK where he came from England and so on where a lot of workers and so on came from they actually used to work 12 to 16 hour days um, you know people think about the um, you know how long we work now but essentially back then of course it was not uncommon for workers to work 12 to 16 hour days and essentially there was a big campaign actually in the United States against the 16 hour day and um, you know going to the 12 hour day which the employers at the time opposed and um, and of course it was also expected too the other thing was that you know you could sometimes particularly if you're woman workers take your work home with you so you know essentially seamstresses and so on would take work home with them and work at home and so on as well as working in the factory and so on too the sort of the ultimate in workplace flexibility and so on and the employers really loved that as well so there was a great demand uh, from the emerging unions at the time and from workers and so on in the UK at the time to actually have an eight-hour day, eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for sleep. Okay, and that became the catch call and song of the labour movement. Now, here in New Zealand, of course, what happened was that um, essentially with the arrival of British settlers and so on like that, or British um, colonists in the 19th century, the employers didn't have the same sort of clout that they actually had in the in the UK because, you know, essentially they needed things done. There was only a limited labour force and essentially really labour could actually tell employers, well, no, we didn't actually want to do that. And th this is essential work the hours and so on that you want. And this is essentially what happened. So Parnell arrived aboard a ship called the Britannia and um, essentially on the way on the ship um, you know, he met a guy called um, or a store merchant called George Hunter and essentially what Hunter wanted of course was to hit the ground running and basically he wanted Parnell to build him a new shop 
um, you know, and he wanted it done basically as soon as they get off and so on of the um, of the boat. And Parnell's response essentially was the following: I will do my best, but I make my, but I must make this condition, Mister Hunter, that on the job the hours shall be only eight for the day. There are twenty-four hours per day given us. Eight of those should be for work, eight for sleep, and the remaining eight for recreation, and in which for men to do those little things they want for themselves. I am ready to start tomorrow morning at eight o'clock, but it must be on those terms or none at all. And of course, Hunter said, well, you know, Mr. Parnell, that in London the bell rang at six o'clock. If a man was not there ready to turn, he lost a quarter of the day, because, you know, employers were so generous and so on like that. And Pennell said, we're not in London. And, of course, with few tradesmen in the young settlement, Hunter really had little choice but to accept this carpenter's terms. And as Parnell wrote, later wrote, the first strike for eight hours a day the world has ever seen was settled on the spot. Basically, the employers had no option but to succeed, and so they backed down. So, where in the United Kingdom, of course, Parnell would have been expected to start at six o'clock, probably work a twelve-hour day, um, and essentially then go to bed and so on at the end of it, and start again the next day. They didn't have the same sort of sway here, so he could dictate his own terms. Now. Other employers, as you can imagine, try to actually impose longer hours as well. But by this time, Parnell had got himself organised and he enlisted the support of other workmen. And basically, they went out and told people arriving, workers arriving on the incoming ships of the local custom of the eight-hour day. And so basically, what happened was that the employers had no joy trying to actually get workers to work their 12 hours days as they had in the UK and in October 1814 a meeting of Wellington workmen apparently resolved to work 8 hours a day from 8am to 5pm and anyone offending would be ducked into the Wellington Harbour so they'll be throwing off the wharf and <clears throat> so basically that was essentially the story of the 8 hour day here in um, New Zealand and as I said you know essentially even though the employers did actually come here and particularly with the advent and song of sweating or industrialization particularly in Dunedin where they forced a number of people and so on to work over those eight hours they were never really successful uh, essentially most workers accepted the eight hours day and after a while the employers were forced, even those who actually had heavy industry and so on going like in the sweatshops and seamstresses and so on like that, they were forced to accede to this you know, to this demand um, Now as the 50th Jubilee of European settlement in New Zealand approached in 1890 the emerging trade union movement and um, you know essentially unions have become established and so on since the 1870s um, began to look to its origins here in New Zealand and as a result Parnell who at that time had basically retired and bought land in Karori and actually established himself as a farmer um, he essentially was invited to write a short narrative of the introduction of the 8 hour day and Wellington citizens 
formed a committee to honour him during the first annual Labour Day demonstration on 28th of October 1890. So essentially, basically three days and so on from there, since so it was 28th. And essentially seated on a brake drawn by four horses on a wagon, he headed the march to Newtown Park, where he was heralded as the father of the eight hours movement. Now, there were certainly other people and so on who who thought that they were more, you know, they were also worthy claimants and so on to the title. Um, and they sort of came out, particularly after Parnell died, because essentially he, he died very shortly after that, um, actually in 1890. I don't think he actually even saw the um, election, or he did see the election, but he didn't actually see the first Labour, Liberal government and so on get into power because they got into power in 1890 and started and actually formalised the eight-hour day. Um, but Parnell had basically really sort of stated his own claim. He marked his own claim and so on to the eight-hour day. And he did that actually as far back as uh, 1878, uh, when many of his alleged rivals, who later on said, no, we did it, we did it, we did it, were still alive. And he declared that he was the one who established the eight-hour system in New Zealand in the year 1840. No one wrote against him. No one contradicted him. They just accepted it and so on at the time. So I think it's really beyond doubt that Parnell is the father of the eight-hour day and so on here. Um, and as I said too, by 1890, the eight-hour working day had become standard for tradesmen and labourers, um, basically at that point. As I also said though, that you know a number of other workers, particularly industrial workers, women and so on like that, still had to actually experience much, much longer days, uh, essentially. And these were eventually stopped and so on by the reforms and so on of the first Liberal, go- of the first liberal government, uh, particularly, of course, the Industrial Conciliation and Arbitration Act of 1893. And, of course, later on, of course, what all together was the first Labour government and so on of Michael Joseph Savage and so on, who actually introduced their own reforms and essentially really put in place and so on the 40-hour week as we come to know it. Things, of course, that have now been uh, sort of put in real jeopardy. Someone has pointed out and so on to me, you know, that no one works 40 hours now. In fact, it's quite proven that New Zealanders actually work far in excess of 40 hours and so on and have done and so on for a considerable time, at least since the 1980s. So... But, you know, the eight-hour day was standard here. Uh, it was done for a very good reason. And as I said, you know, anyone wants to question, you know, essentially uh, what to say, why it came about, they only need to look at open the book and basically read what was happening in song in the 19th, 19th century England and song at the time. And... The New Zealand situation, of course, the advent of Labour Day and so on was quite peaceful, as I've actually said, you know, that uh, basically Parnell and others, you know, basically essentially stood their ground and employers backed down. That wasn't the case in the United States, of course, where the demand for eight hours and so on was met um, by the employers 
violently and in fact there are a number of insurrections and so on uh, and I'm thinking of the Haymarket uh, martyrs and so on where they, essentially the anarchists and so on um, were shot and killed and so on in Chicago and so on I think it was about eight in the 1870s or 1880s and you know and of course you know the the fight for the eight-hour day and so on, and the mine, and the mining settlements and so on, like that, which was very vicious, was met with actually employers deploying troops and so on, like that, to actually stop demands and so on, like the eight-hour day and so on, like that, and basically shooting workers and clubbing them and getting back. So, we were quite fortunate here in New Zealand that we did not go through that. Maybe it's time for a little bit of a song. Another uh, Joe Hill by Paul Robson. Joe Hill, of course, was a union organiser. He was uh, very famous for, for working for the Wobblies, or the IWW, the Industrial Workers of the World. And, of course, he was uh, basically framed as on by... Um, by the bosses for campaigning and some for things like the AK Day. Um, Paul Robson, of course, was a famous black um, singer and so on from the early part of the century up to about the 1950s. Uh, he essentially himself was basically heavily involved, of course, in the Communist Party in the United States and basically was blacklisted as a result. Um, and he was also, of course, very, very much involved in civil rights and so on at the time. And he, as part of the fact that um, he was a communist, he was—he basically recorded Joe Hill, which has become quite a standard in the labour movement. saw Joe Hill last night, alive as you and me, says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead, I never died, says he, I never died, says he, in Salt Lake City, Joe, says I, him standing by my bed They framed you on a murder charge Says Joe, but I ain't dead Says Joe, but I ain't dead The copper bosses killed you, Joe They shot you, Joe, says I Takes more than guns to kill a man, says Joe, I didn't die, says Joe, I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling with his eyes, says Joe, what they can never kill, went on. San Diego up to Maine In every mine and mill Where workers strike and organize It's there you'll find your hill It's there you'll find 
find you here I dreamed I saw Joe last night Alive as you and me Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead I never died, says he Robson, Robson with his version of the song of Joe Hill. I think that was from about 1956. I, I can't be sure in song of that. Um, just returning briefly and so on to, to Samuel Parnell. I, I hope that today has, you know, or my little discussion before has sort of been illuminating where the day actually came from. Um, Parnell, of course, is actually buried in Bolton Street Cemetery in Wellington, uh, where a number and so on of people uh, in the Labour movement were also buried there too. Um, Harry Holland is actually up there in a, a tomb that has to be seen to be believed, and, and several other members and so on of the first. Labour government um, are there as well as of course Seddon who um, actually has a, a, a tomb like I said which is just an, an obelisk, a, a huge obelisk that <laughs> overshadows everything but if you go to Bolton Street and uh, essentially and you want to have a look you certainly Samuel Parnell and so on is there um, and as a result really about what happened and so on with Parnell and their desire to actually honour him and also the result and so on of the Industrial Conciliation Arbitrate the Arbitration Act. Um, in nineteen hundred the government made Labor Day a holiday, mainly so people could attend the parades and activities for the day. Now unfortunately we don't really have parades and activities now and it's a pity it's um, just treated as a normal holiday, but I think that people need to be aware that essentially the only reason we have this day and indeed a number of days, including the weekend, you know, Saturday and Sunday, because it used to be very common to actually work on those days and only or work on a Saturday and take Sunday off or half a Sunday, was because of people like Sammy Parnell and also because of the Labour movement. And I finish off with a bit of a poem and song about Parnell, and that was, He worked with head, with heart and hand, from early youth to age, and in a new unfettered land he taught his presumed sage. Eight hours for work, eight hours for play, and eight hours for sleep exile. This was the charter for each day of our wise king Parnell. And with that I'll leave you for another month. <laughs> 